we have a client who um he's a he was a client in prepping business still is and he's since started working for another company and is like helping that other company with some of their marketing and he asked us to to help as well um and so we sort of were working with him and them on like a a contractor basis and uh we've been having a lot of calls with them setting up like youtube ads and google ads and facebook ads and all that sort of stuff and uh in my dream um i bumped into matt so matt if you're listening um because he's just moved to austin i believe texas oh and for some reason i was in austin texas and i bumped into matt and he was uh he'd been drinking and he was like, Johnny, I, like, oh, I've, yeah, I've left that company. Like, I've got, I've got none of the logins, none of the passwords. But like, all, I left all the ads running. Ha! <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, 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 Matt, what? And he was like, Yeah, I left all the ads running. So they're just running, and and like, I said that you would, you would be in touch with the guys and turn, turn them off. And I was like, Matt, like, that's really serious, man. Like that, you're gonna, they're gonna get billed, and like, that's just my fault. I haven't got the logins. I haven't got the access. And he found it really funny, and I got really upset. But then I woke up, thankfully. And you're thinking, oh, Google is just making a killing out of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, one of those dreams, the nightmares you wake up from, you're like, oh. oh thank God thank I turned the ads off. God. Oh. <laughs> thank God it was it was was a, was a dream. It's, that's an so. impressive memory of the dream. Because as as you know, maybe those listening don't know, that I've been recording, dictating my dreams in the morning no, to yeah. try and improve my memory of them. <laughs> but that's a very detailed memory so i was speaking to becca about this earlier so i'm getting married in like it's three weeks today actually um and i need to ask you if your suit fits actually oh, maybe not try it on. Okay. so yusuf got fitted for a groomsman suit back in like i don't know july mm. and since then has <laughs> It's got so lean, you can basically see cellular function happening. So it's just fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a good story on the day if the suit doesn't fit. It's like, what, what's happened there? It's like, well, actually, look how lean I am. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm getting married in three weeks today. And in the build up to it, I'm having more and more like really surreal dreams. And lots of them are dreams of like things going wrong outside of my control. So I think that's why I'm remembering them because they're like really, it's quite like painful, a lot of them and very surreal situations. Mm. And people have inappropriate responses like Matt McLeod finding, finding it really funny that you hadn't turned the ads off. <laughs> that is classic Matt though, isn't it? <laughs> classic Matt. <laughs> yeah. I've started using a, a tool called Otter. If anyone's interested in starting to record their dreams, Otter allows you to basically just press record on your phone and start speaking and it transcribes it for you. So when it's like 6am and you, you're trying to like type, and then by the time you've got up and you're looking at the screen and your eyes are focused, you've lost the memory of the dream. So Otter allows you to just quickly dictate it. And then, and the, the, the big important thing to do is describe all aspects of the dream, even the things that you think are really mundane, because an hour later, when you're in full waking mode, the stuff that seemed really vanilla in the dream is actually mental that's the gold yeah. didn't you tell me you were like a strawberry or something oh or i, I was a that? violinist's right breast so just just like a strawberry in my memory 
Well, like an inanimate object. You were a violinist's right breast. For like an hour. (laughs) Do you feel trapped? I I didn't have much capacity for thought, so it was okay. I'm not sure how sentient real breasts are. So many questions. (laughs) But you were sentient as the breast, weren't you? I suppose I could see, so that's that's not accurate, is it? Mm. I'd at least the, be covered up in a bra or something. I think whenever you say to me, like, I'm trying this bit of software, it feels like it's always a single word. I just think we're in we're in this phase of time where loads of people are launching apps and software that's just a word. And it's always a word that means something else, typically, that is now a software tool to solve a very niche problem. Do you feel like that's a fair summary? Yeah. And well, we're running out of words. And so they're now moving on to like sounds and like oink, oink.io. So sp- oink, yeah. I bet there's something called oink.io. Yeah. There's, there's sort of something, and now they're becoming a bit jokey. Like I saw a bit of software yesterday called websktop. And it's called what? Websktop. So like web and desktop, no. but combined into a really ugly word. That sounds like you, you're like stumbling over your words when you're telling someone the name of your software. It's one of those things that I bet the founders thought it was like a bit funny at the really time. Really trendy. Yeah. And then a month later, they're like, oh God, why have we called it this? But when, they, when got... they have that conversation every time where they say it and someone goes, what? And they go, webs. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they got webstop.com or .io. There's tons of demand for that. But that was hard to get. <laughs> Probably someone bought it by accident. Yeah. Just sneezed as they were trying to buy the domain. <laughs> so one more piece of news before we dig into the big topic for today about how to minimize the time that you spend on social media, producing and create and consuming, is that I bought an air fryer, which arrived this morning. That's fast. You were talking to me about this on Monday night about like, should I buy an air fryer? Yeah. Since, Amazon's rapid, isn't it? So I saw you at a wedding last weekend. And since that wedding, you have bought a chili pad and an air fryer. Well, the air fryer wasn't even a sperm of an idea on the wedding. <laughs> it was full conception and resolution between last time I saw you and now. I wish so, I had on, I wish I had a video of your facial expression when I told you at the wedding that Chili Pad had a 50% off sale. (laughs) (laughs) Convulsing. But sorry, you you bought an air fryer and it hasn't arrived yet. Oh, you can actually see the Chili Pad just there. Oh yeah, just poking. I've I've still got to reserve my opinion on that. So we'll have to hold that for next week. Oh, because it's been another night and it obviously wasn't that good. (laughs) Well... Let's. We'll, we I might start on. ringing you in the middle of the night just to check how it's going. <laughs> oh, air fryer. Air fryer. Yeah, the air fryer. So, what you know, I've got an instant pot, which is a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Fantastic device. Would mm-hmm. definitely recommend. Rather than getting a separate device as an air fryer, you can get a lid that goes on top of the instant pot and turns it into an air fryer. So and is that what you've done? Yeah. So I got that. It's basically a heating element with a fan and you put it on top and it's got a little window so you can see what you're frying. 
this sounds like a scoby problem doesn't it to be it, honest this has the it has a lot of the architecture of a scoby problem well yeah so so not so much in the compatibility that was a risk though some people buy it and then they go oh it doesn't fit my instant pox it's in the wrong size but <laughs> this <laughs> i had breakfast and it was the most miserable breakfast i probably have ever had and i sent it to amy and she just responded saying i don't know whether to laugh or cry um so Do i realized that it? yeah i have actually it's um, so, so just just to clarify was this made with the air fryer yeah so I, I realized that you can't just like because i thought air fryer means like you can just put anything in there in any format and it just makes it nice like as if it's deep fried but with no calories but sadly because fried things are nice aren't they typically typically yeah um, but not in this instance as i think we're we hopefully are about to see using our magic of technology <laughs> i'm so excited for this i mean it's just a, a bit of a, a miserable meal so oh my gosh chicken and what? potato And that was after it had been in the air fryer. That was afterwards, yeah. Just stuck it all in. So so I, I think, like, I've seen people on YouTube making videos that look good. Mm -hmm. But you just obviously have to put a bit of effort in. Because I just put it all in plain. I thought, oh, well, the air fryer will do the work. Not true. I know two people who have an air fryer. And both of them keep trying to get me to buy an air fryer. And their, like, pitch to me is you just throw stuff in it. Hmm. You just throw stuff in it, put a little bit of oil in, press go, come back. And it's fried food. Yeah. So either that's a lie or there's like an operator error or it's a scoping problem. It's operator error. I, I need to do some proper recipes. I don't know if you heard that we, loudest we, because I've got the bathroom just there and Mike has a really wide urethra. And so it just, it's like a thunder, <laughs> thunder sound going into the toilet um, and he, Despite the wide urethra, there's still a very large bladder capacity, so it's just prolonged interruption. Well, the size of his urethra isn't linked to his bladder size, is it? It's not, but it's related to the flow rate. Correct. So, you're, so, so you're saying large urethra and long wee times. Yeah, if you consider Bastille's law, which is the, the diameter of the, um, the, the tube <laughs> is inversely proportional to the capacity i can't remember bastille's law i know what you mean i know what you mean his wheeze shouldn't go as on as long as they do is yeah. the point but that's, that's just the him. law of podcasting isn't it that mm. the guy you know the guy with the angle grinder hiding around the corner the um the person setting off their alarm they all come out of the woodwork all all of dpd and ups and yodel staff for the country decide to march along they, yeah they, they don't start work until we start podcasting and then they arrive, all of them arrive at our houses at the same time. The, um, the, it won't be on the business podcast, but it will be on the fitness podcast. And a lot of episodes, there was a period of time where at my old house, where there was someone who lived nearby who was clearly like learning the recorder. And every time we would start recording, they started the recorder, but it like a recorder poorly played sounds just sounds like a piss take, doesn't it? it sounds like somebody <laughs> is 
it doesn't sound like someone trying to be good at an instrument. It sounds like somebody take, completely taking the piss. <laughs> so you've heard the the like this is a meme of someone playing Titanic. Yeah, with the recorder. Yeah, that's on a harmonica, I think. <laughs> if you see the the um the Jurassic Park one, Jur- there's Titanic, Jurassic Park. It's a real uh, iconic Lord of the Rings. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness me. So, right. podcast with with that out of the way. Well, it, it links on nicely, doesn't it? I well, think. yeah. Um, now that I've really sold everyone onto the idea of a, an air fryer, <laughs> I want to talk to you about how to minimise the time that you spend with organic social media. Because if you followed us for some time, you'll know that it is not something that you can predictably drive sales with. It's very much the long game. It's as Joe Rogan described, it's building a mountain with paint. Can you hear that? No. Someone's literally started mowing the lawn outside. No. Classic. I'll have to shut the window. It's to be honest, I can't hear it. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. High, high tariff strategy, this, isn't it? Oh, yeah, high risk. If the podcast shit from here on in, it's useless fault. Not Apologies. To I offered to close the window. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, you, you'll, you'll know that organic social media, it's stuff that it's unpredictable. It's down to whatever's trending on the algorithm at the, at the time. It's a way to build long-term nurture and credibility, but it's not going to get you clients immediately. So... You want to have it running in the background and really minimize the amount of time that you spend having to like be in that system because you want to be working on the, the key levers in your business that are actually going to drive you forward and allow you to become a profitable online fitness coach and be running in two, three years time. So just bear in mind the distinction there. We're not saying don't do it, but we're saying it's not going to get you sales today. It's the kind of thing that y- you need to build and in a year, two years time, the lead flow is going to get high enough to the point where, and that's the reason we're hammering YouTube at the moment is that it can eventually increase your margins and reduce your need for ad spend so that you can freewheel it. I'll just briefly, before we get into the details, I'll just briefly explain like how this fits into if, for those of you who've like seen webinars and seen ads before and like, because we've had some questions recently about like you guys criticize organic, but I see your organic stuff all over the place. How does that, tally like that doesn't make any sense so the idea is simply that you you still have this single point of entry so for us on the fitness side it's a calculator the fat loss calculator for us on the uh, business side it's our like main webinar so someone will come in through that process and a percentage the mine the minority can you can you hear the lawnmower no no the amazing <laughs> amazing the this a small percentage of people will be like yep yeah, let's do it and they'll buy and that will cover the ad spend more than cover the ad spend and that's kind of the core business in many ways, but in the background, you're building the 95% of people who don't buy, join your email list, go through automations. And the, really you can, you can keep emailing them and email does a lot, but one of the best ways to build trust with those people is say like, Hey, here's a video we made, or Hey, here's a podcast. And suddenly they start to learn a bit more about you and they, they build the thing that is essentially the hardest thing to acquire online, which is just trust, right? You've heard people, a lot of marketers talk about this. So if we can say to someone who's been following us, they, they saw an ad last month. They're like, oh, that looks pretty good, but I'm just, I'm, I worked with a coach previously and it was a, a bit rubbish. So 
just going to wait for a bit. And in that gap, they binge 10 YouTube videos and 20 podcasts. The chances of them buying has just gone up tenfold. So that's where having this bank of organic stuff is it's such a, it's an asset, basically it's retargeting. The cool thing about this on the fitness side is that you're building a recurring body of people who are paying. So let's say your goal is 30 clients. You build up that 30 clients with ads, you turn your ads off, 30 clients still paying you, still paying you. Obviously over time they will churn, but because of this sort of snowball you're building in the background of like an email list that people keep following you and people following you on social media and podcasts maybe starts doing well, that then starts feeding back into the recurring members and replacing the churn. So there's like, there's this whole model and that's how it fits in. So it's, whoops, wow. It's not just this totally isolated strategy where we're saying don't do organic, but we do organic. It's part of one strategy. However, when you do do organic, there's a, there's a way to go about it to make sure you're not just spending all your time on TikTok. Yes. Not nicely put. So, so that's the, the kind of where this fits in, in the wider context. Mm -hmm. And the first thing to bear in mind is all of these platforms are designed to be addictive and yep. they're not just designed to be addictive for the user. They're designed to be addictive for the creator as well, because every time you get those likes, every time you go, Oh, someone's commented on my thing. It's, it's like, Oh, that's um, something I made and people like it. So, so you've got to be careful of this because they, they want creators just as much as they want consumers. Yeah. So what you want to do is separate out the act of, creating content as much as possible from the posting. So the number one thing to do is get a scheduling app. It's essential. You cannot be dipping into Instagram three times a day to post something manually. I'll cover specifics of that in a second, but the other key principles are know the difference between feed-based and search-based content, pick the medium of content that matches your temperament, have a testing framework, which I'll cover. Pick themed weeks, depending on what your core value offering is, and use that to as the hinge point for all the other bits of micro content that you generate. Bulk post as much as you can. Repurpose the shit out of every bit of content you make. I'll talk about why. <laughs> and then you need some way to attribute sales. You need a sales attribution process so that you know where sales are coming from so that you're not wasting your time. Okay. So with, with that in mind, the first thing is get a scheduler. So if you've been following our podcast for a while, you know that we used to use social B. Um, sadly, they've just not kept up with recent updates and the UI has just become a bit more buggy over time. So we've switched to Publer. Publer is actually free and we can give you a, a link that will allow you the, the free access. We'll put it in the, in the description to this, um, as well as discount for the, the upgrades, but you might actually be able to get away with the the free version. It's the best one I've ever come across. It's so smooth. It's multi-platform. It includes even like weird and wonderful social media platforms that you wouldn't have, wouldn't have considered. And you can customize things for each one. So get that, bang it all in there. It creates a schedule for you. It'll post out at times that are the highest engagement. So you never have to worry about just being on the platform. The next thing is search-based and feed-based. You were about to say something. I was just going to, I'm just going to play dumb and say like, but what do I, what do I post you stuff? Uh, How do I think of stuff to post? I, good question. So we don't know. So, do we? we don't know. We're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're
search-based and feed-based. I would recommend having one of each, um, or if, you, if you're going to pick one, search-based. The problem with search-based is it's much slower to gain traction, and the area under the curve is the same or larger, but it's the, it, it takes time to build. Mm. Feed-based, you get that acute burst of traffic, of, of reach, particularly with something like TikTok, where even if you're a small account, you could post and you have just as much chance of virality as a large account. But what happens is that's like a, a sharp peak and then it drops off and then you go into nothingness again. And that's particularly prevalent with Instagram and Twitter where the half-life of a post is maybe a few hours, a day, two days at most. So just to contrast that, so the fitness podcast, which we don't upload to it that much at this point because there's, there's hundreds of episodes. But like yesterday, 57 downloads, 34, 46, 51, 65, like every day there are like engaged, active people listening to content we produced years ago. So it takes a long time to generate that momentum. But once you've got that momentum, it's just traffic on tap constantly. Oh yeah. Like we haven't touched the fitness podcast in several months, Yeah, maybe years now. So whereas TikTok's um, single hit gone. Exactly. So yeah. It depends what you're looking for and you can all, and, and remember all, all traffic is rented from the platform. So the goal is do what you can play the game of the platform to get the eyes on that content and get them onto your email list, get them off that platform. Cause otherwise you, you'll be like, oh, the algorithm's changed. We're screwed. Like, well, you should have done something with that traffic. Yeah. So then we've got the medium and that is really depending on what is your temperament? Do you like talking to the camera? If so, brilliant. Pick YouTube. If you prefer writing and you're a, you're a good writer, go with Twitter and blogging. Twitter is short form blogging, so it's micro blogging basically. And you can write threads and then they become longer form posts. And so it quite naturally weaves into written content. And writing is always the, the core of, of any content creation because that's at its, at its core is coming, getting ideas into words, isn't it? So, mm -hmm. um, then if you're very visual and you're, you're photogenic, um, like me and Johnny, very, <laughs> very, very photogenic, we're, we're great with our, with our ass selfies and stuff, then Instagram, you know, if, if you're, if you're good at getting shots of you, of your training or, or training clients, obviously like lean into that. So just go with what makes sense. There isn't a best format of content. It just depends on what makes the most sense to you. Don't try and just copy someone else's format because I mean, we've all seen someone on the timeline who's trying to do James Smith, mm. but they're not James Smith. And it's just like, well, it's a bit cringy. It's worth remembering as well. Like if you're following this insofar as where it fits into the model as a whole that we teach, that the pressure's kind of taken away from doing things for the sake of virality. So a lot of the patterns that you, we see emerge on social media, like the pointing to words and reels and like people, ba like basically, I was looking at an account earlier and say who it is, quite well-known person in the fitness industry. He's basically just producing comedy. It's just, it's just comedy sketches and videos. But the thing that the link in his bio is to an app, the fat loss app. So, and it's not James Smith for people wondering. So like that, look how sort of juxtaposed that is. And the only reason that he's doing the comedy is to just get traffic, 
just to try and get attention because we're finding the people somewhere else. And then they're coming to Instagram or TikTok or whatever the platform is to learn more about you. The content can be just valuable for the sake of it. Cause the, the kind of the, the eyeballs to it are going to take care of itself. It, if it does well as a side effect, great. But if you just produce comedy sketches on your Instagram to try and grow your following, that's not necessarily going to convert into customers. And that's basically the problem that everyone has is this sort of put things, two things pulling in opposite directions. Like they want their business to grow, but the stuff they're doing is like gaining followers for the sake of it. And they don't really help one another. Just figure out what it is that you want. If you want to be famous, if you want to be a, a comedian with a big following or whatever, then probably that's the way to go. But this podcast not called how to grow your, your comedy business. So we, we it's not something we, we know much about. It's also like a, there's a lot of luck involved in being famous, I think. Like if you reverse engineer the, the people in fitness who are famous or who have like are on TV and have booked the book deals and that sort of thing, there'll be other PTs who do exactly the same as them in terms of process. It's just they, there was a lot of right place, right time, either with the patterns in the industry or the algorithm or somebody shared one of the bits of content. And, and now they're in a position where, you know, obviously it's a great for them. But you can't really try to replicate, I'm going to try and get famous and hope that my PT business runs as a result. So we're trying to teach people stuff that's re replicable. Getting famous isn't replicable. Otherwise, it wouldn't be, a, it wouldn't be famous. It wouldn't be yeah. fame. It would be normal. 100%. So then in terms of the, the content to post, use the mini versions of whatever the content is as micro tests. So that's the testing framework. So if it's... <clears throat> short clips of a video or short, short clips of, um, writing. So tweets use them as the atomic things to just put out ideas, put out ways of phrasing things and see what gets the best response. The stuff that does, that's what you redo multiple times and you turn into the longer form content. So you are almost putting out lots of little hooks and seeing, seeing what works best. Gary V talks about, the best content creators are the ones who can say the same thing 80,000 different ways. It's about finding a message that really resonates and just hammering it. And you will feel senile. You'll feel like you're, you're just like oh, saying the same thing, but remember not everyone is watching all of your content. <laughs> if you're lucky, if you've got 10,000 followers, you, you'd be lucky to get 700 people that see a post that you do. So never worry about being overly repetitious. There's, there was some advice that um, Russell Brunson used to give, which was like, you will get sick of your message like long before it starts to become even mildly repetitive for anybody else. So like, if anything, if you aren't sick of saying the same thing, chances are it's a bit too diluted and diffuse what you are saying. Because people see your content in amongst a feed of lots of other stuff. And you want what you are saying to be completely clear and transparent like, and specific. So like, that's that coach's message. That's what they're promoting. And that starts to be associated with you because I see it all the time. You feel like you're saying the same thing every day, but it's kind of part of the problem of the internet. It's how big it is. That is it. So Johnny always tolerates, tolerates me saying the same thing and, and vice versa. And we, we pretend that we've heard it for the Ooh. first time, but oh, what wow, a good point. Yeah. that's all part of the game. So the, the, the next thing is as well is to look at your core value offering. And this is why it's really important. It's why it's the first thing that we do in our business program is to identify your niche, who it is that you help and how you help them and where they're going from, from current situation to desired situation. So you just got really, got to be really clear on that because all of your, 
content and all your ideas and all your modules and everything paid and free comes from that core sentence of I help A to achieve B via C because you've got all the objections, you've got all the goals, the aspirations, the problems that come from that. So that's what creates the themes for each week's content. So you've got the main topic and you've got all the problems associated with it, all the reasons that someone thinks that they can't get the results that you're promising, all the benefits of getting to that solution, all of your personal experiences in getting there, showing that you've been there before, you've gained 20 pounds of muscle while working a busy job and having kids and and you had these things that you encountered and here's how you overcame it and just basic credibility stuff to show that you can you can get the result for someone and um that you're not some kind of genetic freak or or whatever and dan co has an amazing framework on this he's a writer on on twitter who's got some very good thoughts on on content overall and he says that content has three kind of flavors. It can be authority content. It can be authentic authenticity content, or it can be growth content. So growth viral stuff, not necessarily going to convert sales. Authority content might convert sales, but doesn't have the, the, the viral growth potential. And authenticity content is kind of vlog stuff like here's a day in the life or whatever. So what he's saying is that if you can take those three flavors and combine them, so if you've got authority and growth, that's going to generate a lot of sales. If you have authority and authenticity, that's going to generate loyalty. If you have growth and authenticity, that's going to generate engagement. But what you really want is all three of those together, because then you've got real leverage. And that's quite hard to produce that in one piece of content. So that's why you need to kind of rotate between authority, growth, and authenticity, and then you end up producing powerful sales content that you can rinse and repeat. So fantastic. Fantastic. So hopefully that makes sense in terms of how to structure your content, how to do the week to week work. Um, I would post in bulk as well. So you can record over time, generate loads of clips, generate loads of bits of writing, whatever it is, use things that are in your existing second brain. If you've been build, building one, your existing notes, your interactions with clients, all that stuff to create the foundations for content. You should never be running out of ideas for it. And we've got a couple of modules in our program about how to generate a conveyor belt of content ideas as well. Like we, we have the opposite now. We've, we've got too many ideas and the, the goal is to triage and pick the best ones. And that's the position that you should be in with all of these things so the same applies to email marketing same really anything that you're doing that is communicating with your market like your followers whether that's email subscribers twitter followers youtube subscribers whatever you want to try and engineer the scenario where it is working it is functioning when you are not online so there's something that is always happening that is not linked to we're always trying to break that relationship between I am doing an hour of work to produce one unit of output because that will break eventually. So Yusuf is, I remember, I remember you scheduling like, I can't remember how many, how many 400. <laughs> yeah. In a single go. So like people see Yusuf's Twitter and go like, bloody hell, this guy was just busy on Twitter all day. Actually not at all. Yeah. So actually I'll, I'll put the link in the description for this episode, but we use a tool called hype fury, 
for Twitter. So you can use Publer, but Hype Fury is specific to Twitter. And so it's a bit better for our purposes. Um, but that's because we've got the budget to spend on both, but you can, you can go with one or the other. <clears throat> and currently there's 1200 tweets scheduled in there. So that's multiple Crazy. tweets a day for a year. Don't need to touch it. And if you would imagine if you're doing that manually, if someone said, right, you've got to post 1200 tweets this year. And you were like frantically writing on your phone, trying to think of things to write and always being distracted on the feed and all that stuff. So it, it would be a nightmare. So even for that alone, it's a massive time saving and therefore money saving. And to give you an idea of like how something like this propagates. So we get a question from a client, right? Or a lead who's about to buy that comes in. We write an email about it. The email goes to the list. The email makes a sale. Ooh, it's made a sale. Mm -hmm. The email, <laughs> the email then becomes a tweet thread. The tweet thread becomes, and that then becomes a podcast and that becomes a YouTube video. And then that YouTube video gets chopped up and put onto TikTok and put onto Instagram. And, and, and suddenly you have this machine that is resonating back, saying back to the market what it said to us, right? And it's all automated. Doesn't that sound cool? Wouldn't it be great if you could work with someone to help you build that? If only there was someone you could speak to. Uh, if only someone, someone had maybe been through all the, the problems themselves. And Where would we find them? Figured it out. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that leads very nicely onto the idea of repurpose the shit out of it. Any piece of long form content, keep repurposing it, turn it into different formats, take the direct <laughs> clips and chop it down. So Gary V was kind of the pioneer of this stuff, or at least the popularizer of it. And he's got an old slideshow talking about this, where you have pillar content like this, like this podcast where we sit down, we've got rough notes and we record. Then we chop that into five minute clips, put it onto YouTube, chop it into one minute clips, put it on Instagram and TikTok and so on. And each person, like that's a separate bit of content in itself. Like so the guy who sees this on TikTok hasn't watched the full podcast. They haven't seen the full YouTube video. So it's not, they're not going to be like, oh, bloody hell, it's that season two, episode 27 again. They're in. <laughs> <laughs> they might have never heard from us. I mean, if they do think that and they haven't bought Propane Business yet, like what are they doing? Then fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, I think it's a, it becomes a machine, right? Like, I think it's very, very separate to what so many people are doing, which is just like headless chicken running around, like thinking of something to post today, spending hours on Canva. Like this is a, this is a production line that stems from customers, consumers, market, asking us questions and producing the content for us. And then a big spider's web that just takes care of the rest of it. And that's a very different world to what I think a lot of people think of when they think organic content. And what, very different to what we were doing eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was just frantic. Like, wake up, right. Think of a bit of content. Okay. Right, do that on Instagram. Yeah. All right. Think of a content for Twitter. Think of something. <laughs> so yeah. final piece, which maybe is for another day. Cause I feel like it's a, I it's it a big sales attribution. Yeah. That is a big one. That is a big one. And you know what? You are going to have to wait to hear about that. Mm. But what if you could know exactly which platform generated you sales? So you could direct your effort onto the things that are working and stop doing the things that aren't. If only there was an answer. If you could look at all the different platforms and have a, a numerical value attached to them. 
in pounds, pounds sterling or pounds US dollars. Sterling. But mainly pounds sterling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are going to have, we've got a meeting to rush to, but uh, what a, what a dense episode that was from air fryers <laughs> to lawnmowers that you can't hear to an oh, entire framework to run the, all of the organic content in your business. All in 36, in 36 minutes. minutes and 36, seven, eight, nine seconds. Bye. Well, speak to you next week for sales attribution. What an exciting prospect. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. I won't be able to sleep till then. <laughs>